Venture X card from Capital One gives you premium travel benefits. Perfect for seeing Taylor Swift The Eras Tour. Presented by Capital One. Oh, I do love her. Earn five times miles on flights and ten times miles on hotels through Capital One Travel. Enjoy your stay in Suite 13. Whoa, 13? That's Taylor's lucky number. The Venture X card from Capital One. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com for details. This week at Macy's, find Valentine's Day gifts for all your loves, like fragrance gift sets they'll adore. Plus, take an extra 15% off with your coupon or Macy's card. On top of beautiful jewelry finds, now 35 to 70% off. And 25% off decadent chocolate from Godiva. Macy's Star Rewards members earn on every purchase except gift card services and fees. More at Macy's.com slash Star Rewards. Savings off sale and clearance prices. Exclusions apply. Baltimore sports fans of all ages, welcome to Section 336, Next Generation of Baltimore Sports Talk. I am your endearingly stuttering host, Matt Sroka. As always, I'm joined by the button lover, Josh Sroka. Hey, how are you doing? Every time we get together, I'm reminded that when this all started, we thought this would be like a one or two weeks that we wouldn't have sports to talk about. Hmm. And again, it continues. Yeah. So... Little updates um, down to six hot pockets. I have one bottle of whiskey left, and I'm on season four of Women's World. Just to I, kind of update people. I forgot that's your that's your your update and how you're handling. That's things. yeah. I don't know what day of the week it is, but I'll tell you what. I'm on season four, episode three. That's how I keep track of of this coronavirus thing. I gotcha. Uh, Josh, has, I was thinking about this today. Before we get into, and there's a lot to talk about. We'll get into the Ravens draft. Uh, we'll get into some proposals from the MLB. We'll get into the um, article by Trey Mancini on the Players' Tribune. Um, I even went back thinking about the Ravens draft. I went okay. back and looked at some Orioles drafts. So I'm going to share with you some of the best and I think the worst <laughs> Orioles draft of all time. All right. Uh, spoiler alert, a lot of them are terrible. It was hard to find good drafts by the Orioles. Right. Um, but before we start, I was thinking about this as far as this, uh, you know, this pandemic and stay-at-home orders and all this stuff what is there something josh when this all started you mentioned you thought maybe this would be two weeks is there something like at the beginning of this where you thought about how this would be and it hasn't been like that at all like for example i thought this is going to be great up i thought there'd be a ton of downtime i'm going to catch up on shows I'm playing MLB The Show. I even had this idea where I could play every single game of MLB The Show for an entire season. I played like five games of MLB The Show. Um, I played more than that, but I haven't played as much MLB Show as I want. I thought I'd read a ton of books. I haven't. I've read like the normal amount of books that I read. Um, also, so I don't know. I'll just I'll just share that. So- <laughs> that I thought there'd be a lot more free time. I thought it would sleep eight hours a night. Haven't slept eight hours a night either. Maybe one time. 
So it's been not as I expected in, in those respects. All right. And I'm guessing you don't want me to say I thought hospitals would be overcrowded and filled with people. Yes, oh, yeah, that's true, too. <laughs> you know, yeah, like, like I thought New York would be everywhere, right? Like, what exactly. New York would be like, like, everywhere. I know it's like not whatever politically correct or whatever to say that because the news keeps telling us still that hospitals are busy, crazy busy, but they're not down here. Yeah. So it's it's they made us believe that it was the end of the world, that that it was we would all know people dying from this, that we would all have family members going to hospitals, that that so, we were seeing all the video from Italy with people just right, sticking that, their heads out their window, and that's right. the only way to communicate. The, the freezer trucks, the more body bags than we need, the all of this and the spraying down of like spraying cities with with unknown liquids from from planes and stuff making decisions on who right. lives and who dies right exactly yes yes all that stuff that we were set up and be told to be afraid of uh yeah so you mean besides all the serious stuff that didn't happen well and and by the way when we all get said and done like this may cost 100,000 to 200,000 lives like they said but we thought I think, like that would be like by by May, right, or by June. Well, uh, but it's just being spread out now. I think a lot longer than we. And I don't think I predicted. Yes, they led it, us to believe that like two million people were going to die in a matter of weeks. And well, I, I think the number was two hundred thousand, but okay. No, that was the second number. The first number was two million. Okay. But when they were showing all the stuff from Europe and all the fear monger, and that was two million. Right. Okay. So, um, yeah, I expected my life to change, and my life hasn't changed too much. Yeah, I meant the question more on a personal level. Right. Went, uh, That's why yeah. I'm trying to bring it back so we don't go okay. political. Uh, so I, I wor- I've been working through all of this. I don't know why a pandemic and, response should be political anyway, talking about the reaction. Well, it's I don't know complete, how that's political. But. Because, because after, what, a month and a half of this? If you went out watch any news coverage about it, it's all political. It's but it all one sided. Right? It shouldn't be. But even yeah. down to what states are reopening, it's let's reopen Republican states while Democratic states say they need to close until July or something. So yeah. it goes. But do- some Democratic states open, but they don't get the pushback that maybe a Republican state gets. Yeah, exactly. Like Colorado. Right, yeah. exactly. And so it's, it's very political. And I don't. There's no way I predicted that because we all didn't think it was going to last months. We thought it was two weeks, everyone dies, and then we move on. We survive. We clean up like a uh, Walking Dead or something. Yeah, and it's really interesting. It's fascinating because you can watch the my Facebook feed, and it's true. Like The decision whether to open up the economy or not, whether to go back to work or not, I think is a really kind of interesting conversation and worth a debate worth happening. Worth happening. But it's – it's just it's completely on political lines the right says everyone go back to work the left says everyone stay home yeah there's like there's no debate this should yeah there should be a debate based on kind of science and whatever not just right or left right but whatever and anyway because of that let's not go down that yeah. path because yeah. i don't want to upset anyone that i disagree with or that disagrees oh, with me you're I concerned we have some strawberries opinion. who are listening yeah oh yeah we you have don't want to upset them we have strawberries <laughs> definitely to listen we've learned that over the years <laughs> Uh-huh. Yeah. Don't make a prediction or don't uh, suggest that a stealer get hurt. Everyone gets all upset. Mm-hmm. So we, yeah. We've yeah. been down that path. Not we, um, you. Okay. <laughs> so 
I think I just expected that my life would change a little more. And I've been working through all of this. And I know for many people, their lives have changed drastically, like teachers working from home, uh, restaurants, not being able to go to work and waiters, bartenders. I get all that. Yeah. Um, so first, but when we're just talking about our own lives, yeah, that's where I was surprised. And I timeline, we all thought our kids would be back in school by now. So the fact mm -hmm. that, that now is now my kindergartner is still at home and learning from home and is going to finish her year that way is, is strange. And I feel for all the people graduating and having their big milestone years. So, but I, yeah. I don't know. I didn't. That's true. Because I was still working, I didn't have these predictions like you of, of uh, I'll read more books and I'll do this and I'll do that because I was yeah. still working. Yeah. Um, I tell you the, the fun surprise to me has been our Saturday night poker games because there's yes. no reason we couldn't have done that years ago and to just play virtually. Because we're all – like, the people in that room are from all over are all over the U.S. Like, it's not like we could get together on a Saturday night even without coronavirus. Exactly. It's like, it's like Zoom and Poker 2 existed before the coronavirus. And now we're playing games with someone in California. We're playing poker – our normal poker games that we played years ago. We're playing with a guy in California, Baltimore, Eastern Shore, Florida – Arizona, Colorado, Annapolis, Colorado. Yeah, just all over the place. So that's been a really that's probably been my highlight for the coronavirus. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. Um not to mention yeah. the the listeners that have joined that have also been from all over oh, yeah. the place. Yeah. As well, um from I guess what Pennsylvania, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Maryland. I think. Yeah. Something like yeah. that. Yeah, it's just all over the place. So that's been really yeah. cool to to play that. So that's my highlight for the coronavirus. Though I have watched a lot of TV. And I used to play a bunch of MLB The Show. The girls have kind of taken the TV over with Animal Crossing, so I don't play a whole lot right now. Mm. Because mm. with yep. no school means no bedtimes. Mm. Yeah, that's the one thing I still got going. At least my kids are young enough to yep. still have bedtimes. Um, though I do, like, I was thinking about this today, like, this I might this might be exactly how I envisioned it. If I wasn't going get my dissertation, if I didn't have kids, um, this if this was three years ago, then this would be all that I dreamt of. But these darn kids in school get in the way. Sure, I understand that. Yeah, because I tell you what, teaching from home is. Some teachers are complaining about it, and it's hard to get kids engaged with it. But as far as my workload compared to Dealing with 30 kids in the classroom every day? Are you kidding me? And you're not doing live teaching, right? No, I do videos. And so I make videos and post them and right. they watch them. So you're doing time. no babysitting. You're like, no. here's my videos. You watch it. You do the work. Yeah, I do once a week. I'll get on there and anyone can hop on to Google Meet and hang out with me and ask questions and stuff. And but play Call my of Duty and Fortnite while they're trying to talk to you. Yeah, my, my top for and I got for all my students the most I've ever gotten is two to come to one of those. So <laughs> well, most of your students not don't have internet; they're on the Eastern Shore. That's, I got a lot of like yeah, I made a lot of packets that I sent home for the, all those kids who don't have internet because there is more than you would think kids who don't have internet. Right. Um, but 
Also, you know what I did for the first time? This I think this might be the first time in my life. Um, a couple nights ago, I made decaf coffee. Just because I was drinking coffee. I've been drinking coffee, so much coffee, Josh. And no, so no much need coffee. To stay awake. And then I was like, it's 7 o'clock. I want coffee. I'm just addicted, but I don't want the caffeine. So I had decaf coffee for the first time ever. That's funny. Yeah. More, more, more side effects of corona. Is, That's is, right. You, you can sleep more. Have, now, I didn't, yeah. All right. So the, during this whole virus thing, and it's, I know it's been a month and a half, I have not slept well any night during any of this. And I've had weird dreams like every night that I wake up in just a weird dream state. And so I went to the internet and they say that this is something that's common that's going around because Josh, of... you need to get off the internet. You spend too much time with the internet down these no. rabbit holes, but okay. No, I, I didn't go searching for this. Um, I went searching for other things, but no, I found this and it's because apparently because of like every, the, your lives being disrupted and the added stress of this, because right now I'm feeling pretty good, but for weeks it's been very stressful at work because you all through all this trying to keep 40 other employees employed and busy and making money and working and all that has been stressful. And apparently right. all that and the weirdness of the fact that – And like the unknown, right? That you don't know how long this is going to last. All those right. unknowns are yeah. stressful. So that's causing like weird dreams across the country and the world with people mm -hmm. and like – so everyone's having these weird dreams and rough sleep patterns all because of the unknown of the coronavirus. It's weird. Yeah, there might there might be other factors related to that too. I just saw that uh, alcohol consumption's up like 25% since this all yes. started. Yeah. Maybe that's related to trouble sleeping Pornography too. is know. also way up there as well. Oh, I'm sure. I'm because... sure that could affect sleep patterns as well. <laughs> but, but I like the stat that teen pregnancy is way down. <laughs> because everyone's locked in there. Because no one's together. They're all by themselves. Exactly. exactly. So that makes sense. That's, that makes sense. So, right. So maybe in marriage you're having an upswing on that, but uh, not your kids. Yeah. Well, the I tell you what, the, the, the marriage too, and my wife works. But I tell you what, this is a lot of – this is the most time I've spent with my spouse since I don't know when. And it's probably not good for anybody. <laughs> Mandy, really? Mandy really? definitely is, tells me every day she needs time away from me. Yeah. She goes for walks all by herself at night because she needs a break. Yeah. And yeah, Emily Emily doesn't say that, well, but she looks it yeah. all the time. <laughs> and, and I know it's not because of me. It's because she's had the kids all day and she just has never had any alone time. But it comes out as she's oh, ready I for think a mine's break because of me. Yeah, I think <laughs> mine's because of me. Well, you got Absolutely. a big yard. You can just go across the yard. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. All right, let's get into some sports stuff. Okay, sure. You want to start with the Ravens draft? Josh, you were all over with the Ravens I have, draft coverage. Yeah, I had a crazy weekend with the Ravens draft because we did a live live coverage for the NFL draft on Thursday night. And we always talk about how the drafts go long and how the drafts yes. are really long. Thursday yes. night was longer than ever. And you know what yes. makes it feel really, really long? Do a live video broadcast starting at 730 and not ending until like 1230 when the draft's over. Yeah, that's five hours. Yeah, it was. Um, it was we've I mean, done that with like Birdland Radio when we had a new person come in every 45 minutes or hour. Yeah. But this is just used yeah. for five hours. And you know what? I expected that I was just going to be like the producer and not do much. and But the guest was having a lot of trouble with his connection and he lost power and internet during the broadcast. So I had mm. to step up and fill in a lot more and keep. I bet Ken, I bet going. after that. 
Ken was like, Josh, I just need some time away from you. Uh-huh. I need to go on a walk for a few hours. <laughs> you would think, but then the next day, Friday night is round two, and the Ravens have a lot of a lot of work on round two. They were ahead even more. So for round two, I did not want to do a live broadcast. I said, let's try something different. So we did a Zoom room. Oh, was this your idea, Josh? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, thought it was, I thought that was a really cool idea. I didn't join the Zoom room, yeah, so but we, I, I saw that, and I thought that was a really cool idea. It was cool really idea. cool. We had, at my high count, was 39 people together at once in the wow. Zoom room. And everyone I, – I didn't have to mute people. People were taking their turns talking, and no one was spoiling the, the pick if it was ahead of – if their TV was a little ahead. It was a really cool, nerdy Zoom room. So it's something we'll definitely do again. We – and it was so it was cool to do like the broadcast, like talk out, uh, normal podcast video thing. And then the Zoom room was a cool like let's just hang out with listeners for a cool event. Yeah, and the draft I feel like is a perfect opportunity for that because you have action with the Ravens making a lot of picks, but there's also a lot kind of a lot of downtime to talk about the picks that were just made and to talk about picks that are upcoming. Yeah. And so it just provides a good opportunity. It, and you don't need to watch every second of the drafts. You can talk about it. Yeah. It made me – you know what? It reminded me of when you and I and Dad get on Facebook and watch the Ravens game together. Yeah. It reminded me of something like that, and it made me, like, want baseball back. and want baseball to do that with you guys and then want to open that up at some point to our listeners. And, uh, yeah. like, I want to do a Zoom room for an Oriole game at some point so we can yeah, all be frustrated be cool. together. Yeah, yeah, that'd be fun. Um, and baseball, again, lends itself to that because kind of like yes. the draft, you'll have something happen and then you'll have just kind of nothing for a while. Exactly. And then something happens. So right, it, it right. promotes conversation. So I'm going to – when baseball season comes back, I'm going to come up with a way that we can all watch a baseball game together and have it all in sync so we're all cheering at the same time and everything because it's going to be really cool. Yeah, that, that sounds cool. Josh, well, I haven't had a chance to talk to you about the draft at all. Yeah. Before we get to the Ravens picks – what did you think about – I mean, this was kind of crazy, right? Doing it, the whole thing on video. They had cameras in all the players' houses yeah. and the GMs, the owners' houses, coaches' houses. How, how do you think the NFL did with, with doing the draft kind of remotely like this? I think they really – they did a really good job. I would like to see, like, a little behind-the-scenes video about it. Not from the uh, – not even from the uh, – NFL viewpoint, but from the viewpoint of ESPN and how they put it all together. Because when you think about they had 30 draftees where they had cameras in their homes. They had every team GM a camera in their home. Every team head coach a camera in their room. And then uh, and then uh, I guess the 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 camera in uh the house of uh what's his name the uh, the goodell goodell in goodell's house which i know he said that's his basement it looked like a tv set and and so i'm pretty sure that they just came into his basement and built a tv set for this well, Not, well he here's makes, my here's my basement how much does he make like a hundred million dollars a year oh, he, can, yeah. he can build his own tv right. studio in his basement exactly so i thought it was pretty i thought it was pretty cool um it its ratings were amazing and huge and the biggest thing biggest time ever and that shows the lack and desire for sports but i didn't get to watch it as closely as i would like to because i was doing the show at the same time so i was watching it on mute i was 
watching it while trying to guess who the next pick was so that I could load up highlight footage and stuff. So what did you think of it? Yeah. Um, I thought, you know, we went to Chick-fil-A today. First time I've been to Chick-fil-A since this whole thing went down. Yeah, I don't go to Chick-fil-A um, anymore. Why? Because Zaxby's is better. <laughs> and there's a Zaxby's right uh, 10 minutes from my house. Uh, I don't know what that means. Yeah, I'll, but, I'll introduce you next time you come down here. Okay. But anyway, went to Chick-fil-A. And it was one of those things where, you know, it was so – and there was like 20 cars in front of us. But you know how Chick, how, how, uh, Chick, 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 Chick-fil-A does it. They're so organized. <laughs> Chick, Chick, um, Chick-fil-A? Chick-fil-A, they're so organized. They had like, uh, uh, like we, we, like we, they, they didn't touch anything. Like even when they hand our food, like there's like a little box they, they hand us, and we pick the food out of the box, and like so there's no like uh, interaction between us. It was just, it was so organized and well done, and it, it, you know, and Emily and I joked if Chick if Chick-fil-A around the world, like we would all be back you, to work and everything would be fine. You really haven't been anywhere in a month and a half, have you? No. That is how that's how the world is right now everywhere okay like that's how any you go to zaxby's you go to any uh fast food restaurant that's how they're but, doing it you do, but chick-fil-a is famous for being efficiently they, run do, with they their... are they're very efficiently ran but um yeah. you go to the grocery st- i am amazed back to corona talk i am yeah. amazed how virtually overnight we as a country learned how to do retail through this with plexiglass shields immediately showed up in every uh, every yes. store, every um, every shopping center. It all just showed up. The lines on the fo- on the ground and the arrows for aisles and the stop signs. It all just showed up overnight. So I'm amazed. I haven't seen any of that, that, but I'll take your word for it that those things exist. Oh yeah, I'm still going out and about. <laughs> yes. Okay. Um, I went out. Right. Yeah, I, I don't go but out. You're right. I, I went out to a park today, Chick Fil A. Yeah. yeah. So that's all to say. The I feel like the NFL is the same way. Like the NFL, like has their stuff together as far as production and preparedness. Like this was if the if the I feel like if the NBA did this or baseball tried try to do this, it just it wouldn't work. The M, I mean, I think a good sign is when the biggest kind of controversy or the biggest I don't know trending topic. Um, from the draft was when that girl took Ceedee Lamb's phone. Yeah, yeah. Um, Good move by him. Back. Great move by him. Yeah, which is a better move. But like that, and it makes me think, oh man, the Cowboys got a good receiver because that's a better move. Um, but but when that's kind of the biggest thing people are talking about, not like how like I thought there would be some kind of disaster that would happen, and right. there was never yes. that disaster. We were all watching for the disaster for someone to not know he was on camera or. Uh, or the Bengals missed their pick because the internet went out. So yeah. we were waiting for a disaster. I thought the kids in the coaches and general managers room was a little bit weird to me. I didn't really get that. I but thought I guess it was cool, except thing. for Frozo. Yeah. That one was weird. I didn't get that one. It's and, weird. And I don't like Bill Belichick's dog. It's not cute. <laughs> it's Bill Belichick being Bill Belichick, and he's like does things like he won't participate in your games. Yeah, he's obnoxious. Yeah, um, I liked Jerry Jones in his yacht. Uh, yeah, I thought I like that was his, a little baller move. That is that was a baller move, and the coach for Arizona, uh, King Kingsbury, oh, yeah. had like the he had, you know that background. Like he was mm-hmm. 
He Man, had the, I want to live in that guy's yeah, house. He had the fire burning outside, even though no one was outside. The little fire pit. Yeah, no, <laughs> yeah, with the he, glass windows. Yeah, he had the like pristine uh, lawn. He yeah, he had like the uh, the the super villain layer. Yeah, um, so that's, I, I want to go play for that guy. Um, but I, I mean, we're watching, you know, and maybe we'll, I don't know if we'll have time to talk about today. Maybe we'll save it for next week. But the documentary with, with uh, Michael Michael Jordan, yeah, and I keep right. on talking about how Michael Michael Jordan just oozes charisma, and he's just so cool. I love I love to, to listen to him. Um, Roger Goodell is the exact opposite of that. <laughs> yeah, I found yeah. Roger Goodell to be like so corny and boring and, and uncomfortable. Like, yes, and no pres no TV presence, no charisma whatsoever. Right. Awkward, and it's just it's hard to a little bit hard to watch him. Yeah. And like the clips of him be, before, like this, I didn't, I didn't love the Zoom fans in the background. I didn't no. really get that. And before every pick, going like, "Come on, guys, come on, here's right. your pick," and like giving them a sneak peek of the pick because and that was all a little bit cringeworthy for me. Well, because what they were trying to do in that moment is they were trying to make it like the traditional draft with the fans cheering and all, but like we all know this isn't the traditional draft. Like, yeah, and it, so it, you got to do that balance of. Make things accept the weirdness. The other thing, and you wouldn't know this, I think, very well, Josh, because you were on that call. Um, but it was all like guys from the a- NFL talking about the players, like Michael Irvin, Kurt Warner. Yes. Like I would think you would want to get more college guys to talk about the college players. But isn't that how it always is? Isn't it always the, ES- the ESPN NFL broadcast crew? No, but there was usually more. I think um, is it Todd McShay, one of the the co- big college guys had the coronavirus and so he couldn't be there. I think it was Todd McShay. So maybe that heard it, and I don't know. I just um, I feel like there was more. I, for some reason, I feel like in the past there was more talk about them as college players and stats. Where this was more just I. There was like one heartwarming story, and then yeah, I feel like next. I feel like they were. The NFL, and I understand why they had to do this, was so focused on not making it a big spectacle, celebration, exciting thing in the world of coronavirus. They were trying to balance this, like, business versus, like, we care for the world. Like, yeah. we're not – like, they not pretend that nothing – like, that it's normal. Uh, that made it feel weird and made it seem like it was, like, extra long in between each pick. Yeah. And there was – like, there is this awkwardness, right? Because you're right, Josh. This whole coronavirus is happening. People are dying. And also, like, people are losing their jobs. Like, a lot of people are losing their jobs. Yes. And here these people just are making millions of dollars now. And there's lots of people <laughs> who are like, who cares about sports? Like, yeah, there's way more important things in the world right now. Yeah. And so the NFL tried to address that with all these kind of coronavirus little vignettes. Right. Um, Having which- Do- Dr. Fauci start the thing so he could say, hey, I, look, everyone loves me. You're allowed to have the NFL and celebrate. Yeah, and I mean, I'm glad they had the NFL draft. I don't think they should cancel. No, I but, agree. But the other stuff, eh, okay, I, I, I understand why, why they had to do all that. Exactly, and that's all I was all saying. Is it, but, that, yeah, yeah, I understand why they did it. I don't think it was necessary. But I yeah, could I understand if they didn't do that, the hate that they would get for people saying, oh, they're acting like the world's normal. Yeah, yeah, insensitive and right. elitist yep. and all that stuff, yeah. Yep. So, yeah, um, ha, ha, they just got to take care uh, of the strawberries. Yeah, what about the Ravens draft, Josh? Um, how do you feel about the Ravens draft? Well, so, how does Ken feel about the Ravens draft? <laughs> My favorite part about the Ravens draft is that Ken was not happy. 
He was. Yeah. Did you you turn you tuned you must have tuned I, in at when the Ravens picked uh, Patrick Queen. Queen. Yeah, I want to see. Me. I want to see Ken's reaction. Yeah. Uh, Ken was not happy because Ken is a draft for your need type guy, and over the years, what we all know is the Costa and the Ravens are a draft the best person available and work him into your team, and that yeah. takes care of your needs. Well, it's funny because. From and I don't know if Ken, this is Ken, Ken's argument, but I think I could argue like inside linebacker defensively has become like one of the like you can almost find anyone well that to would fit in the inside linebacker and that position. would go with our next draft pick, a running right, back. That's my point. Yes. Yeah, and our second pick was a running back who people say you can kind of fit anyone into that position, and so I think part of it like you're, when we need a big time wide receiver. We need a big uh, edge rusher. We need to replace the interior lineman. Um, and then you go with a position that you feel like is easily replaceable, even though we need an inside linebacker. Right. Um, so I can see Ken's point. But from everything I read, Josh, and I, I don't know a lot about these players. I'm not going to pretend I do. But from everything I read, and I read a lot about kind of people's different reactions to the draft, across the board, I did not see one negative kind of review on no. the Ravens draft. They no. were all like great reviews. Yeah. And I, my favorite description of Patrick Queen is uh, where I read in a couple articles that Patrick Queen is born to play on the Ravens. And I love that because we all know what, it mean, what this Ravens defense means over history. And, like, we have a swagger as a Ravens defense. And I love the idea if this is a guy and, that's, and if he plays and has that Ravens way mentality already built into him, I love it. Yeah, I think part of that, and I didn't, I didn't read that same review, but part part of that from what I read is, it might be getting at this, is Ed Reed, uh, Ray Lewis, like they were famous not because they were just great athletes, but they were so smart and studied tape so much. Exactly. Um, and there's video of like Queen call, calling out plays um, to, to, to the other guys that they know what's coming um, from the opponent. So it sounds like Queen's not only athletically gifted, but also has kind of the intelligence to go yeah. with it and the football IQ. And then I love our second pick of a running back because it tells like the whole it the Ravens always do this zigzag thing where everyone thinks the Ravens are going one direction, they'll zig and they'll zag to the other direction. And and what's been all the talk this offseason? We need a wide receiver, we gotta throw the ball more, even though last season we set all the records for running the ball. So when you had the best running game in the history of the NFL you're adding another running back, which means you're kind of doubling down on, on that we're going to run the ball again a lot, try to stop us. Yeah, it's like people uh, uh, who, who are going with a wide receiver, like it's because we want to look more like Kansas City or something, right? right? Yeah. But, but wait a minute, here's a team that went 14-2 and two and had the greatest running game. So why – and I, I was the same way. Where I was The first time they picked, when they picked them, I was like, wait a minute. Uh, we got Ingram, we, we, we got Gus. I mean, we, we got three running backs already at, back there. Now, and now you're going to add a fourth and with a second-round pick? But, Josh, I, it, I, I think your, your point's a good one. Like the Ravens are saying, our success last year be, was because of the run. Um, so let's just get better at that and let's right. just dominate, continue to dominate on the ground. Like, this is a ground team. Um, and yeah. So let's let's go with our strength. And make that even stronger. Now, what did you think of the rumor that came out a little bit for, before the draft that the Ravens were trying to get Hopkins before he was traded? Oh, my gosh. Where we would have had a, did, a real wide receiver. 
And what did Hopkins go for? Like a Not third much. round pick or something? Not much. He was traded to Arizona, and it, the rumor was they wanted to get him out of division. Yeah. Yeah. Which and I can I, understand. We've all been there. Yeah. And, hey, and I, my, my reaction to Hopkins getting traded was initially, it was not, oh, man, the Ravens missed an opportunity. My initial reaction was, yes, he's going to the NFC. Right. Because right? Texans is just going to be one of those teams that we're going to have to overcome. But the Texans got worse by getting Hopkins, and now he's out of the conference, yeah. so we don't have to worry about him. But then you're like, shoot, if the Ravens could have a chance right. to get him, that would be a legit number one. Um so that's kind of unfortunate. But don't worry. We all know Lamar Jackson wants uh, Antonio Brown. Yeah, that's the so, talk on draft day, too, after yeah. the second-round pick when we got the running back. Like, well, this means we're getting Antonio yeah, Brown. let's get Antonio Brown, which we all hate now. He put on, his feet puts on purple and black. We're all going to love Antonio Brown. Yeah. Josh, would you even sniff that? Would you even, like, yeah. kick the tires on that? Would you even like just you know right. just look into it a little bit? Yes. Send one guy to investigate the situation out yes. a little bit. Yeah. And all right, if I was the Washington Redskins, no, because they are a disorganized franchise. We always talk about how the Ravens, like the prestige of the Ravens, it's the same type of prestige that the Patriots have, but the Patriots have the cheating as well. But the Ravens organization seems to be so ran so well that every player in the NFL has respect for this organization and talks about wanting to play for this organization. And I think that John Harbaugh and uh, DaCosta have shown that they can manage players and, and that they can manage um, uh, divas that I think I would go ahead and kick the tires a little bit. Even though John I'd, Harbaugh – Famously doesn't like those big egos in his locker room, right? John Harbaugh, John Harbaugh changed. He changed two years ago. Oh, you ago. think he did? He changed okay. with Lamar Jackson. You can see it okay. in his demeanor. You can see it in how he handles Lamar Jackson. That The whole thing with him and uh, Bernard Pollard and him and a Ed Reed crash, clashing years and years ago. No, yeah. you, can watch, uh, you can watch John Harbaugh is suddenly a player's coach. And it's how mm. it's what helped things click so well last year is and it, it and I think part of it is he gave into it realizing that he was on it was part of that whole giving Lamar the ball two years ago and and letting him run with it I think that changed John Harbaugh and seeing the team get behind a quarterback like that changed John Harbaugh so I think yeah he's a he's a player's coach right now I, um, I don't so, completely agree with you on that, but I think that there's like less than one percent chance of the Ravens oh yes. pursuing him. I don't think it's going to happen. But you could paint a picture like what you said, Josh, about how we have the structure. He has the relationship already with um, Brown um, as cousins, ho- 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 Hollywood Brown. He was working out with Lamar Jackson. Right. There was... L- Lamar seems like the leader type who could get other people to buy in to what they're doing, and. You mentioned the example of the Patriots. Well, it didn't work out with the Patriots. But but I, I, I look at that as if you sign Antonio Brown, um, like this is a week-to-week type deal. And if it doesn't work out, he's not going to sink the whole team. I think you're, the chemistry is too strong where if he becomes divisive anyway, bye. Right. Uh, and then you, you go on the rest of the season without him. There's um, a big – the T- Ravens last year had chemistry that we've never seen before in Baltimore. Yes. We've seen chemistry before. But yes. we've never – it reminds me of like the 2012-2014 Orioles where they had amazing chemistry as players. 
together, yeah. and they were all got behind their coach, and just team chemistry across the board. We saw that at the Ravens last year with Big Trust, not Big Trust, and uh, <laughs> it's not Big Trust, right? So we we saw it in past Ravens teams, Josh, with one side of the football, no, exactly. <laughs> but we never saw it like last year with both sides of the exactly. football. Exactly, exactly. We've seen it on the defense. We've never seen the offense and defense have each other's backs and not just all right you screwed up we'll go get it yeah so yeah so so what we did in the the draft just to recap our running game got stronger and um our defense which was one of the best in in the league got stronger so look forward to a dominant defense and a dominant running game right um to equal a lot of football wins and we added a we added a wide receiver late round that people say is a pretty is a good steal for being that late in in the in the draft so no i mean everyone loves the ravens draft it's yeah hard to say anything bad yeah now now, free agent side yeah go ahead i think it's interesting to look at the afc north as a whole and it, part of it is that the NFL is changing and you're having more and more running quarterbacks, more and more mobile quarterbacks. So now the old guy in the AFC North is Ben Roethlisberger. I mean, out, the rest of the teams have these young, mobile, exciting quarterbacks now. So that's going to be interesting to see how that goes. Yeah. I mean, I guess like Baker Mayfield, I guess the jury's still out on that. Though last year there was – Last year, I thought they won the Super Bowl before the season started. Right. But that didn't really end But that well. doesn't mean the yeah. hype's not going away. Yeah, and then, of course, the Bengals um, with the number one overall pick. Yeah, um, but when you get the number one overall pick, it means you also have um, some de- deficiency as a team. So I'd be yes. curious to see if the Bengals improve. Certainly, like, two or three years, they could be a team to be reckoned with. Right. But I'm not worried about them for next year. No. Um. And I'm not worried about the Browns next year. It'd be interesting if Big Ben's healthy and what happens with the with the Steelers. Cause, right. Um, but this is setting up to be a really – I don't want to get overconfident here, but it's it's looking good for the Ravens next year. Right. But now that we got through the draft, now, it's, now the NFL is back to a waiting game. So what I really want is baseball back. Yes. Let's talk baseball. All right. Where do we start with baseball? Do we start with the Players' Tribune? Do we start with – yeah, let's start with the Players' Tribune. This came out today, an article by Trey Mancini on the Players' Tribune talking about his battle with um, stage 3 colon cancer. And this is the first time, like he's put out a tweet or two about it, but this is the first time really, really kind of addressed what was happening in the plan going forward. Um, and Josh, I guess the question is not did you read the article, but how many times did you read the article? Or how many tears point, did you shed? Read the article at least once. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm saving I, my tears for when it comes back. I love that the story came out straight from Trey Mancini. I love that. Rather than a reporter trying to put his spin or his trying to put his conversation into words, I love that it's written as a letter from Trey Mancini to not just the Oriole fans, but baseball. Um. Where did, do you know like what the history is with the Players' Tribune? So we're talking about the Players' Tribune article. <laughs> we, we are. But first, we've got to address the fact that, that the audio quality is now different. Yeah. Because, because I asked you, and we'll get back to my question. I asked you, do you know where the Players' Tribune came from? And then you disappeared. Mm. So what happened? Well, my computer died. Um, 
So now I'm a little nervous and concerned for the rest of this podcast. So the audio quality might change because I'm on FaceTime now on my phone. And also there might be a tint of nervousness as I don't know why my computer died. Um, but my computer just died. And so we'll see. It might be a charger issue. Um, well, no problem. Just run to the Apple store tomorrow. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Thank goodness. I tell you what, we would all be screwed if Amazon did not exist. Yeah, they're the, they're the real heroes. And I heard that they're going to – all right. I heard that they just got approval in the state of Florida to deliver medications from pharmacies by drone. Oh, really? Yeah. So I'm going to hurt myself soon so that I can get some medicine just to see a drone deliver to me. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. I guess you're not worried about people shooting them down. Wasn't that the big concern? Yeah, well, people get their shotguns out. And I still wonder why. Yes, and I still wonder why, if that's your concern, you're starting in Florida. With these, yeah. like that seems like the place where they will get shot down. That's true. People have guns down there. Um, yeah, but all right, the Players Tribune, and the reason I'm asking you about it's is it a, it's Jeter, right? That started the Players Tribune. That sounds about right. All right, and because what I'm wondering is like. Trey telling his story, he he did it for the Players Tribune, but like the Athletic would have paid him a ton of money for this, to, to for this for this exclusive. Like, where's the how's the Players Tribune work that they're getting all these players to write for them? Mm. Yeah, I don't know the um, the financial side of it, and I don't know if the Players Tribune pays people or or where. Yeah, that's a good question. I don't, I don't know how that works. I know that uh, you have to on at the bottom of the Players Tribune. There's like an athletic application where if you have a like if in order for Trey to write this story, he had to go there, click send us a message, and and say, hey, here's the story I want to tell. Yeah, which is weird because you know that every other publication out there that covers sports was going after him, asking to to be able to share this story. Yeah, and maybe he and maybe they went after him too. I don't, I don't, I don't know. Maybe, but again. Works. I don't know. It's just weird to me. Like, as far as I can tell, there's no advertising on this site. Like, what? What's the? Did the players needed like a place to go separate, like away from the media? Yeah, I mean, I think the, and that's supposed to be part of the appeal of it, right? For players, is this is like directly with the players' voice. You're not going to have any reporters, button in, right, with their perspective. Right. But why wouldn't? Um, but wouldn't anyone say that? Like, if you went to ESPN, not you, but if Trey went to ESPN and said, hey, I want to tell my story, but I'm going to edit it. I'm going to do this. I'm going to – it's me. It's all me. Wouldn't they all jump at this? I don't know. I mean, I don't think ESPN or even The Athletic is in the business of publishing other pe- uh, pl- players' pieces, Right. Yes, I guess so. Do they have but other No, but why wouldn't they be? If 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 uh I don't know. It just seems weird to me. But whatever. But anyway, my my impressions of the article itself, a couple takeaways. First of all, there's two things clearly that, that Trey Mantini loves. And that's baseball in Baltimore, right? And that and, came out through the article, yeah, yeah. almost shouting it how much he loves the sport of baseball and how much he loves the city of Baltimore. So that's pretty cool to see. Well, and even more than the city of Baltimore, the organization of the Orioles. Yes. Yeah, Where true. A lot of times we do not hear praise about the Orioles. When Adam Jones said he wanted to stay in Baltimore, 
we all thought it was weird. Because yeah. you don't hear praise about the Orioles organization. Or when Cashin talked about retirement if he was traded from the Orioles. Yeah, that was even stranger. Yeah. So it was weird to see the Orioles put in such a good light in this whole thing. Yeah. The other thing was like um just and, and Trey Mancini, like there's you can't read this article and not love Trey Mancini. And part of it is like this this appropriate perspective on everything. Um, and even he talked about injuring his leg and, and, and going into a slump after that yeah. and coming back. I mean, baseball, more than other sports, there's this kind of this mental toughness that you kind of have to have because every player goes through slumps and you could think you're the worst player ever and never bounce back from it. I mean, there's such a mental as- aspect of it. And then he just kind of changed his mental, his mental frame of mind. And then the next day went two for four, right? Like almost like the ability didn't change overnight. Right. But just kind of his mental approach changed. And this is another sign, like his his response to being diagnosed with cancer is another sign, I feel like, of his mental kind of toughness and just I, his proper perspective on everything. I feel like baseball, and I don't really know how to word this, but baseball more than any other store, sport turns boys into men. Where it's something about the, maybe it's because they're uh, together for so long and, and so many days on the road and so much travel in that you just naturally have older coaches, older men uh, lead in and uh, helping develop younger men. So, and I don't know exactly how to say that, but you see guys grow up into leaders in baseball and leaders on and off the field, which I don't think you see as much in other sports. Yeah, and maybe it's also because of the fact that baseball is kind of is hard. It's hard, harder than other sports. Like you don't get drafted and become one of the best players True. in baseball, right? Like you have to work hard. The best players the minors. still fail all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to work hard, and then at every level, there seems to be fa- failure at every level as you kind of adjust, and so it kind of humbles you, right? Like yeah. you can't be this arrogant drafted guy. I'm the best player in baseball. I just got drafted. Like that's not like Pat, like Patrick Queen. He's going to be the starting linebacker on on day one for the Ravens, right? Right. Um, Adley Rushman had to go to rookie league, <laughs> and, and this year's yeah. second year, he's going to go back to single A, right? Right, and work his way up. Right. It's just there's a there's a, a mentality there that you have to be kind of mentally tough because you're going to be faced with a lot of fa- fa- failure, and, then, and a, a lot of guys who are drafted don't even. Even in the first round, just look at the Ravens' history. I mean, the Orioles' history, which I could call upon if my computer didn't just die. But if you look <laughs> at the Orioles' history, like a first-round pick is no guarantee of ever even playing in the majors. So it's just – it's a different type of sport. Right. And and it's also part of where we talked about at the beginning of the show how baseball is a slower pace. So you can they can sit on that bench and talk. There's a – it's weird. I – the day before I read the Trey Mancini article, I read an article with Zach Britton in The Athletic where he was talking about uh, five years ago, which is when we had the riots in Baltimore, and how he talked about what it was like to go through that as an Oriole and like the conversations that they would have in the clubhouse where he would just sit there and listen and like learn from each other because baseball is filled with people from different race, different tribes, different uh lifestyles different countries and how he was just learning from that so that also i think got me thinking wow like baseball matures 
people and it's like a, it's like its own little classroom um it was very cool to see trey of course talk about mo yeah there's always most always the the story with uh with oriole players and that's cool and that's neat it was very neat to see that brooks robinson called trey when he was in the hospital to check in on him i would love to see the the follow-up article where i want to see and if and if if it was baseball season we would have seen the follow-up article tonight but i want to see the the players the other players who were in that locker room when trey told them the news yeah and i want to i want to hear them talk about this and there's a, there's already been like a lot of tweets from players, right? But uh. but players where they couldn't say much. Now that Trey has put his story out there, they can open up about how it impacted them. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure we'll get to a lot of that when the season starts and reporters oh, I, are able to talk to him. But I'm sure we will over the yeah. next couple of weeks as reporters reach out trying to write stories about anything. Yeah, but um, yeah, it's very cool to see. Again, in a time where we're trying to balance life, health, and sports to bring it all down to the face of the organization, talk about missing baseball. Yeah. Because while he is going through stage three cancer, just a horrible thing, and how like his mindset is still, just give me spring training. I want Yeah, training. yeah. For such a depressing topic, the article just kind of oozed with optimism. And like, and, and you just made the point that he mentioned, and Trey Mancini mentioned this in the, in the article, about like experiencing um, this during COVID-19 as well. Yes. Like we kind of forget about all the other people with health conditions simultaneously along with COVID while this thing is happening and how that might change, um, you know, their experience with yeah, with cancer. Yeah. Um, so just if you haven't read the article, go read it. Um, really interesting, and it just everyone already loves Trey Mancini, but just as it'll make him make you love him even more. It's so, a type. Yes, it's a type of article with, that he is going to be highlighted when baseball season comes back. It, they are going to promote him and try to make him a face in baseball because he has a passion for the game and obviously an amazing story. Yes, and I'm I'm at the point where if any other team now calls and like even suggests a trade involving Trey Mancini, like the words when the word Trey comes out, if Michael Elias doesn't hang up the phone before the guy gets done saying Trey, then I want Michael Elias fired, um, and and Trey Mancini um, should get an extension to play until he's a hundred years old. Give him the um, the Bobby Bonilla contract, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> Um, so uh, I, around here, we call it the Chris Davis contract. Yeah. The, given the Chris Davis contract, um, maybe not that much money, but the length. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Mr. Oriole. Yeah. Yeah. Cause he is, um, he is in the Orioles kind of Orioles hearts, Orioles fans hearts more than, I mean, I think more than Adam Jones at this point, I think more than kind of anybody we've seen, uh, maybe since Kyle Ripken, to be honest. Right, right. So you're saying Brooks, Cal, Trey. That's what you're trying to say? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think some people would throw like Jim Palmer in there too maybe, but yeah. 
Okay. All right. Um, okay. I'll, I'll put them up with there with Adam Jones. I don't know if I'm going to put them up to those Hall of Famers, but I'll put them up there with Adam Jones. I'm not, I'm not saying as far as talent. I'm not saying as far as, right. you know, I mean, he's not, he hasn't brought us a World Series or anything, but I'm, I'm just saying, I think Adam Jones is an apt comparison, right? Like, it is. Um, not the best player in baseball, but a, a, uh, the best player on our team and a guy who's just kind of in our hearts. Like we just, I mean, I'll put him up there with Nick Markakis, right? Um, as a guy who's just like Oriole fans are just strongly and almost like unreasonably attached to, like now that guy is Trey Mancini. Gotcha. All right. Um, how would you, outside of this, there are rumors of baseball coming back today that came out as well. There have been rumors of baseball coming back yeah. since baseball so stopped. So we got a new rumor. How do you feel about being in a division with the Yankees, the Red Sox, the Rays? Hate it. All right. How about you add in there the Phillies and the Nationals? <laughs> and these uh, – oh, don't forget the Blue Jays. Got to stay in there. The, the Pirates, the Mets, and the Marlins. Tell me when you get to a bad team. The okay, the Marlins. We can beat Thank up on you. the Marlins. You know, yeah. what I, you know what I like about this alignment? Well, never, never mind. Uh, I was gonna say I was gonna say that there's two Florida teams in here, but without fans, that doesn't really matter. So, um, is this proposal to play in their in our home stadiums? Yes. All right. So the latest proposal that came out is to play in our home stadiums, starting without fans. Maybe by the end of the season, being able to have fans, or by the playoffs, be able to have fans. It would be three divisions. Oh, East, a Central, and a West. So you're basically taking the AL East and the NL East and combining them. Okay. So I don't, We're screwed. I don't know how the DH would work in this case. I'm very curious about that, how the DH would work. Do they just do it? I, you're going to do it by your old divisions, home team, or whatever. But um, they say that by starting by Ju- end of June, July 2nd at the latest, they can have a 100 to 110-game season. So we all like that number. Yeah, sounds good. And we and and they're gonna play in their actual ballparks, which I think we like because yep. we've talked before about there's something special about baseball and how every stadium is different, and like you have a true home field advantage in your stadium, even without fans. Yep. So I like that. Um, what are your thoughts on? bringing baseball back and all this. You're probably at the same mindset as me and most of our listeners as whatever it takes, bring it back. Yeah, like the DH question doesn't interest me at all. Like the only thing that interests me is when can we have baseball back? I don't care. You can put any division. I mean, you, you, you can put me in the division with the Dodgers and the Yankees. I don't care. Um, at any division you want, DH, whatever, no DH, fans, no fans, playing freaking in Baltimore, playing in Florida, playing in Arizona. At this point, I don't care None of those questions are really interesting me as opposed to when can we see baseball again? That's what I'm concerned about. And I do. I stand by the funkier we get with divisions and DH stuff and stadium stuff and the amount of games played, the funkier and the further away from the norm we get, the better chance it is for the Orioles. Because all things being equal and normal, the Orioles lose 110 games and get a number one or two draft pick. But the funkier things get the more we have a chance to make a playoff. Like maybe this would be the year. And I think um, this is the year. Like if you want to just try new stuff, like there have been talks about like expanded playoffs. Um, 
like the NFL, right? Talking about expanding their playoffs. Well, we can this year. Let's let's expand our playoffs, right? This yeah. year, let's try new things. I feel like this is like almost like a mulligan year because it's kind of weird anyway, and it's not going to be normal. So this is the opportunity to kind of try things. If you want to try a tie, I'd be okay with doing ties in baseball this year. I don't care. Like, try it. Um, like, I think this is year to try new things. And again, funky things, I think, help bad teams like the Orioles. So, yeah, um, I'm excited that they're making plans. Um, I'm not excited or not getting behind any a single plan because I feel like every week we have a different plan to talk about. So here's another plan. Um, but hopefully we're getting closer to seeing actual baseball played. Yeah, uh, And I think we are. I think we are. I think the end of June, like, I think we can make that happen. Let's go, baby. Yeah. And then it would be awesome if by the end of the season you can have fans. Playoffs, if, if suddenly you couldn't have fans until playoffs, would make playoffs even more exciting. But not for Oriole fans. Because unless they're going to do something where uh, nine teams in every division get into the playoffs, then maybe we have a shot. But Hey, do you think if, if we don't, if, we, if they play no games at home except for in the playoffs, um, the question I want to know is, will the tickets we've already purchased that they haven't refunded our money for, will that roll over to 2021? Man, it's like we have show notes because my next question for you was, what's the deal with Major League Baseball not refunding tickets yet? And then I was doing some I... research about that tonight and found out that no sport has yet to refund tickets. Even though, like, the NBA NHL stopped midseason, uh, no one has refunded tickets yet. It's To me, it's ridiculous when we're hearing all the time about how, like, people are tight and money's tight on all this. It's crazy yes. that baseball is still holding on to this money. And if it's one thing that it's postponed a week or something, but you bought tickets for opening day, I mean, we're, we're already a month past that. Like, yeah. what, what are you talking about? Right. Um, Not to mention... Who knows if fans will – you're talking about maybe not having fans all season. Yeah. So, so I, I get you're not in a rush to give people back their money. Yeah. But, I mean, but you have to give back the money, people. So, like, you can hold on to it a little bit longer if you want, but you got to get back the money. And and you're and you're right. With, with people losing their jobs and, you know, and financial struggles and, and Congress keep on trying to pass these stimulus bills, you would think the logical thing is for these – sporting teams to give back money to the people right. who bought tickets yeah give a stimulus back to your to your season ticket holders give yes them the all money sports that fans will get a stimulus have. exactly yeah. give it back to your birdland or what's it birdland members Bird, yeah yeah give them back their money it'll be like a little stimulus you'll get a lot of praise um plus whenever baseball does come back with fans it's you're gonna have to figure that out and it's gonna be different Yep. We know that. We know that this year you are not going to have a game where the tickets are wide open and everyone can go sit everywhere. The yeah, tickets... I mean, opening, opening day was a sellout, so everyone bought tickets. Right. So when they reschedule opening day for the end of June, you're not going to have – I mean, everyone can't go to that game. <laughs> right. Right? So, like, what are we talking about? What are we waiting for? Yeah. Just deal with it. It's crazy. Yeah. 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 I agree, but but I like any story that talks about baseball coming back makes me happy and optimistic. So let's keep those stories coming, I, even if they don't really happen. Right. I mean, yeah, I just – yeah, ready for baseball. Um, that's, I was just checking my notes that I made earlier this week 
We didn't get into the Red Sox penalty. I don't really care to get into that now. We'll have plenty of time to talk about that. I did want to ask you, are you concerned that Lamar Jackson is on the cover of the of next year's Madden? Am I concerned that the guy who was on the cover this past year won the Super Bowl? Exactly. Am I now concerned that Lamar think, Jackson. Am I concerned that he's going to win the Super Bowl? Is is that my right. concern? I think we. No, can I'm not say concerned. That the Madden curse has been broken. Yeah. I think we've talked before about it's been broken, but if you win the Super Bowl when you're on the cover, I think it's definitely broken. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. That's not a curse. That's a blessing. So we'll call it the Madden blessing. All right. All right. I'm all for the Madden blessing. Yeah. All right. Um. Well, I think it's time for us to get out of here. Since yeah, you I already go had one computer die, and I'm guessing your, what's going on my computer. and I'm guessing your phone's about to die as well. I just I just got my ten percent warning. Uh huh. Little red. Yeah. All right, boys and girls, thanks for listening. Check us out on Twitter at section three three six show. That's our Twitter handle. My Twitter is at section three three six. You can follow Josh on Twitter at Josh Soroka. Thanks for listening, boys and girls, and as always, go O's. Hey guys, have you checked out 336 Daily? Did you know that sometimes, in fact, pretty often, I've been recording it in my car while driving to different job sites? That's how easy Anchor is to make podcasts. With Anchor, you can record your podcast and edit your podcast and upload your podcast all in the Anchor app, and then it makes sure it goes after iTunes and Spotify and wherever you need to put it. It, they take care of everything, distribution, they help you with advertising and getting in commercials. Check out the Anchor app. Go to the App Store and download the Anchor app for free or go to anchor.fm to check it out. Birdland Sports. For fans, by fans. Find more great shows like this at birdlandsports.com. The Venture X card from Capital One gives you premium travel benefits. Perfect for seeing Taylor Swift The Eras Tour. Presented by Capital One. Oh, I do love her. Earn five times miles on flights and ten times miles on hotels through Capital One Travel. Enjoy your stay in Suite 13. Whoa, 13? That's Taylor's lucky number. The Venture X card from Capital One. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com for details. This week at Macy's, find Valentine's Day gifts for all your loves, like fragrance gift sets they'll adore. Plus, take an extra 15% off with your coupon or Macy's card. On top of beautiful jewelry finds, now 35 to 70% off. And 25% off decadent chocolate from Godiva. Macy's Star Rewards members earn on every purchase except gift card services and fees. More at Macy's.com slash Star Rewards. Savings off sale and clearance prices. Exclusions apply.